Welcome, everybody. We are here for episode 10 of our new podcast interview series. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, the Director of Marketing and Development with the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana. And this is Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home. Today's guest is Casey Monero, Principal of University Elementary. Casey, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited. Let's jump on in. Okay. All right, Casey, so correct me if I'm wrong, you've, you've worked in Caddo Parish schools for 24 years. Uh, talk to me about some of the positive changes you've seen take place in Caddo Parish schools during your career so far. Okay, um, one of the main things that I think is a positive is that we are engaging with um, community groups and support. So we have, for instance, like the Volunteers of America have Communities in Schools, that program. Um, we have uh, Community Renewal International that we, we have formed an entire um, program around caring about the community and caring about others through that agency um, and, and several others. I could go on and on. Um, but it's, it's very important that we engage all of the resources, especially people who are out there in the community that are caring about our children and want to be a part of our children's lives and, and helping them grow, um, that that has been happening. It's been happening. It's, it's happening more and more. And we see um, really community organizations coming into schools and helping them out uh, with things that we just can't do all on our own. You know, we have such a focus on, of course, trying to educate the child that has to be our number one priority but there's so much more that goes into educating the whole child especially when children come from hard places and they need extra support and extra help such as mental health issues or you know they have um, poverty issues or you know things like that we we need to pull from the community supports that we have and I've seen Caddo Parish um, moving in that direction a lot more and it's it's really making huge differences in the schools uh, when we engage everyone in the community. And how do those partnerships come about like CIS or um, which is the VOA partnership and which is community and schools I think and then um, the community renewal we care partnership how do those how do those start is that you reaching out to the school board saying we need some assistance in this area or is that VOA and community renewal coming to you and saying we have this program is this something that would be of interest or would would serve your population I think it's a little of both I mean you see the need like as a principal I came in and I saw a need um, you know we have a very diverse population at my school and I wanted to make sure everyone was getting along and work together and saw how important collaboration was and that um, that people who look differently from one another don't always get along and how can we work on bridging some of those um, problems and, and, and you know, getting people to really um, see each other with worth and value um, no matter if you look different or if you're not from the same place or have the same background and um, and then we also had some serious crisis type of situations that were happening with some of our students who um, just had been traumatized with different things and we didn't know how to solve those problems I mean I really was not equipped with that knowledge um, getting an education degree I didn't get a mental health degree and so I did start reaching out and asking for help in the agencies that were out there that um, that have some background in that uh, but of course always you know those agencies also reach out to schools and say hey we offer this we offer that would you like to be interested in in any of these things we offer and um, and we've utilized you know 
things that they've provided that way too. So I think it's a little bit of both. It's you know them giving us the knowledge of what they provide and us you know taking that and running with it. I mean, for instance, Swim for Life with the YMCA, of course, is one of those programs that is great, and we are so glad to have that offered to us. And we didn't we didn't reach out and say, hey, we need this, but I'm glad we have it. You know, so it's it's both ways. And what are some of the challenge? I mean, you. you you talked about this a little bit. What are some of the challenges you face as the principal at university? Um, well, I think, uh, again, diversity is one of my, I guess, the, the best things, but it's also one of the most challenging things, you know, trying to get everyone to um, get along who come from all different kinds of backgrounds and um, getting everyone, uh, parents included, you know, it's not just the students who we need to get along, we need the teachers to get along, we need the parents to get along, and kind of trying to keep that balance with everyone. Um, of course, nothing you can do is going to make everyone happy, but um, but working to find that balance and, and, and working to listen to everyone's ideas that come to the table and say, okay, we're going to make this choice based on, you know, multiple perspectives and ideas um, and collaborate to come up with um, good solutions that would help possibly everyone, you know, that we can. Uh, I think a- another challenge is probably bureaucracy and red tape and cutting through some of that in some ways. Um, of course, that's always a challenge that, you know, things that you try to do have rules and they're bound by this guideline or that guideline. And um, and I know we ran into that with going out into the community and getting some of those community organizations. Some of them are tied to Medicaid billing, for instance, and they can only see certain clients or they can only see certain people. And we've got all kinds of kids with all kinds of needs and we don't have time for that. we got to just cut through all that and like get them the help they need. And so sometimes it, it's just a frustration in trying to, um, you know, really cut through all that and get to the meat of the problem and, and start working on the solution and fixing the problem when you've got this rule or that rule that keeps you kind of bound and binded up. So. And you once said, this is a long quote, but I love it, so I'm, I'm going to read it. You once said, I truly believe students cannot reach academic goals without having their basic needs like love and safety met first. We have to help them deal with the stress, pressure, and trauma to build a positive relationship with them before we're able to get them where they need to be. This is what elementary school should be about, building trusting relationships with children, showing them that school can be a positive place where they can learn and grow. So talk to me, if you could, a little about that quote. Sure. Um, I absolutely uh, believe that with all of my heart. I know that that is the answer for our society as a whole, is giving people that trust young. Like when they're really young, they need to to know that, that people matter, that they matter, but that they have someone that loves them and cares for them, and that's going to create with them a, a ability to care for others and to have that value in life, you know, a value for someone else's life, that they won't want to take a life because they'll know it has value and that they care about other people. Um, and they, to do that, you have to focus on others from an early age. You have to talk to them about how important it is to care about the place where you go to school, how important it is for you to pick up trash off the sidewalk, how important it is for you to um, be nice to others and that kind of thing. 
the only way that you can do that is through modeling as an adult. So the adults have to kind of be very intentional about how they speak to children, about how they care about children, about not brushing them off or, um, you know, dismissing their concerns or showing them that they love them and that they care about them um, and that they have worth and that they're important. Um, because if we throw children away or make them feel thrown away, whether or not we're actually throwing them away, if we um, push them off to the next person because they're a little bit difficult, because they're frustrating, because they had a meltdown, if we say, well, I don't care about you, I don't have time for that, I can't deal with that, and push them off to the next person or the next thing, um, those, those kids are going to go down and spiral down a path um, that's just the next person's problem. And it's not going to help, you know, change anything. So yes, um, what we call it is we say Maslow's before blooms. So Maslow created a hierarchy of need that is you have to be loved, you have to have your basic needs met, you have to feel safe, you have to have, you know, um, safety and a safe place to live, that kind of thing, before you can think about other things like learning the periodic table, for instance, or something like that, because you you can't focus on those hard things until you feel calm and comfortable in those those things that we don't we take for granted of course you know that we it's it's well it, we can learn anything because we are calm and and feel safe but these children who come to us sometimes we're their only safe place and so we have to recognize that as the the first and foremost you know build the relationships build the trust um, love them where they're at you know whatever they're bringing to the table and then we can teach them about the hard things and um, go from there. So. And what? What? <laughs> that's awesome. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> yeah, those are my kids. That's awesome. Yeah. What percentage of your kids? I mean, just roughly fit into that Maslow need, or or, 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 or come from a place that maybe is a little bit more challenging or a little more complex. It's hard to put a number on it because you don't know what everyone is going through but I would say we have about 40 percent who either um, have a socioeconomic need you know come from a hard place or um, and if you you take into account like divorced families and I mean that that's still a trauma that people kind of now just are like oh that's no we don't know it's still a trauma to that child and and there's there's a lot of things COVID has been you know a new trauma that has affected 100 percent of the children so um, and the adults uh, so there's, you know, I think most people bring some sort of trauma with them when they come, uh, and just, you know, making sure we're recognizing it for what it is and that we're, um, responding to it, uh, with the right tools. And I'm going to ask you about community renewal. We care in a minute, uh, but since you mentioned it, we tell people, cause I just recently learned about CIS and what it is and how it works. Will you explain a little bit about VOA's incredible CIS program? Okay, so there's actually three different program okay. or three different agencies that we're working with, and that um, different schools are working with different agencies. So I want to be like kind of clear about sure. a couple of things. So, um, so CIS is with VOA, and then um, 
Community Renewal International is our We Care program. We have that. And then we have the VYJ, the Volunteers for Youth Justice, that have brought in TBRI, another acronym. We have lots of acronyms in education, um, which is Trust-Based Relational Interventions. And it's a whole team of people um, that have been uh, very supportive and integral in what we're doing um, to support this work. And so I just want to make sure I kind of yeah, no, define those things. Um, so I'll start with We Care. If you want yeah, to, to, yeah, take let's take us through each of them. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so um, so We Care is a program that um, we designed from our school uh, with the help of Community Renewal International. They were already doing the friendship houses, um, and if you see like the signs in the in the neighborhoods that say We Care on them, you know they're a We Care house or a um, Haven house, and um, they they kind of came up with that model of the village, uh, which my grandmother used to always say it takes a village you know to raise children and that's kind of that model of you know we are all in this together we're all a village that can help each other's children that can help you know other people and if we look at schools in the same ways that we do cities um, we can learn a lot about that structure of you know people need to feel like they belong they need to feel like they belong somewhere and so we have in our school houses kind of like Harry Potter. So each, uh, each individual classroom is a house. Um, and then those houses, we have a house in each grade level. So, um, so I'm just taking one, for instance, the House of Mercy, um, we'll have one, we'll have a House of Mercy in each grade, and then they come together and can have a house party. And they earn points for these house parties by doing caring acts. So instead of where you might see a lot of competition in schools about academic acts, which we do that too, we have all kinds of awards and things for academics, but we also have this point system um, for uh, caring acts. And so our kids are very hyper-focused on doing things intentionally that that is reflective of caring for others. And that gives them a sense of citizenship. They're already in a house, their street is their uh, their grade level and their block is kind of the building, you know, and so they already start getting that sense of community and we're hoping that as time progresses that these kids, they will feel like they belong to someone and they'll understand that people of all different kinds of backgrounds and comes from different places can all be a part of this group that's a positive group and then when they move on into being an actual citizen, then they'll say, oh, I need to support my community. I need to help organize this trash pickup or I need to organize this community cleanup day or, you know, those kind of things will carry, you know, them throughout their lives and they'll remember having that sense of belonging and that your your neighborhood and your city is just like your school was. You know, that's where you are at the moment that you need to help take care of it. It's part of who you are and you need to step up and do things to make it better. And give me give me two or three examples, if you could, of a service act. Okay. So we do community cleanup days. That's number one. That's okay. probably the easiest one. The kids love that. We also go out to Common Ground, and we do work there, um, serving for the homeless, that kind of thing. Um, but they they do acts of caring all day long. So like you know, if somebody drops their backpack and they help pick it up, or they open the door for somebody who has their hands full. You know, those kind of things. Um, you know, reflect those tenets of the compassion and caring and loving and kindness and and all those things that they do. And um, and just in recognizing the act of caring and bringing intentionality to it, um, you bring it to the forefront of everything you're doing. And that's the key to it. You know, it's it's little bitty baby steps. It seems like little tiny things, but those tiny things add up to the big thing, which is you overall get a sense of this is what is important for me to do as a person and be as a human being is caring about others and and kind of get away from that 
me, me, me model and go out into the world and be, we need to be about others and that's how we're going to change things. And um, so that's kind of the, the, the root and the, the basis of all of that. Are y'all yeah. the only, as far as, are y'all the only We Care Community well, Renewal Partnership <laughs> among schools? So, so we started that one and we have branched out a little bit and started modeling it into other schools. And um, I know that Atkins Elementary did a little um, workshop on it. And um, we've brought it to Homer Elementary in Claiborne Parish. And then now Queensboro is going to do it, um, I think, next year, starting next year, I think. Um, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on spreading that, you know, out. Now, community and, community and school CIS with the VOA is in many schools in Caddo Parish, and they're doing amazing things, um, the, almost the same kind of things like that, but they bring in people from their agency that work with the students. They do tutoring. They do, um, you know, all kinds of, of different work through their agency. Um, we don't have them in our school because we have that we care in our school. So they're in a lot of category schools. There. But you don't do CIS? No, your not in my school. Yeah. Okay. My school. Um, but it's a, it's a great program. Yeah. And, and we have had the VOA in our school before, and um, they offer a lot of amazing help. Um, and then the VYJ is um, the other organization that is integral in my school in particular. And we've just started this new program called the TBRI, which is uh, Trust-Based Relational Interventions. I know it's a mouthful, but it basically means that we have people that know how to respond to trauma. And so there's these kids that are having a flip out moment. They're, they're having a meltdown or whatever's happening. And there's someone there who knows how to respond to that correctly and help them get through it. And so they take them out of the classroom. We have a calming room that's set up that we've worked really hard on to um, give them a space that's safe. And, um, and the person takes them there and helps them work through that problem and gets them back to class. Whereas prior to that, if you have a kid that flips out and let's just say just, you know, screaming or you know, throwing a chair or something just, you know, just that cannot be what's going on in the classroom, um, the teacher of course is, is having to stop the lesson, having to call the SRO officer, they're being taken out by an officer, you know, getting disciplined, getting punished, when really what we need to be figuring out is the why behind that behavior. What's making this person act this way because it doesn't make sense, you know? And there's usually a root cause. Um, and we really, when we get to the bottom of that, um, we can do more and um, and get them back in the class. That's, that's the whole point is to like have someone for, you know there that can take them out, doesn't really interrupt the teacher. The teacher can keep teaching, doing what they need to do. The kid can get calmed down and get back in there instead of it being a you know punitive thing where okay this kid is suspended for three days or expelled or kicked out of the school and then like I said just becomes someone else's problem because they really what are they going to do from there they already feel like a complete and total failure when something caused them to act like that that's probably an outside person. And how's that work exactly? Does VYJ have someone there? Yes, they're housed at our school all the time. All the time, yes, okay. they're housed, and that came through a grant we got. It's um, amazing, and it it's an amazing. This is a game changer. Like when I talk about things that have really changed the game, this is one of those things that you know teachers are so just stressed and you know at the end of their rope about trying to get the curriculum taught, you know, trying to get the things done that they need to get done, and then you throw on top of it kids who have trauma and they come from these hard places. And they're like, I've got to teach math, you know, and they're really struggling with getting that done and not feeling frustrated by that when they've got this kid over here that's disrespecting them or doing something. Um, and this solves that problem instantly. I mean, it, it takes them out, 
gets them what they need, and it might be a, se- a series of things that they need. It might not be just that they need to calm down. They may need all kinds of interventions that, that happen through that process, um, but it's that having that person there on campus that can deal with that immediately and that that is their only, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, so many times in schools we don't have enough counselors. I mean, that's just a, a national problem. I mean, that's a problem everywhere. Um, the counselors a lot of times are doing a whole lot of paperwork that also has to be done. They do get to counsel, but not with the frequency that's needed when you have kids that are having these types of problems. And to really be truly able to just um, sit there with that kid as long as they need, that needs a mental health professional that can just do that and that's their whole you know, thing. So with this grant, we got that person and a really a crisis intervention team um, of amazing people. We have an attendance officer that is on staff now through that program. Um, and then we have um, some people who come in that do our Wildcat Ambassadors, which is like a leadership team. Um, and give them that educational side of things. And then another um, lady who comes in and does lessons with them um, about caring and loving and kindness and and all the the components of that just to keep reinforcing those important um, values that that need to be at the root of all of it. So it's like a whole, it's a big thing. It's a lot of people and it's great. It's it's seriously a game changer for schools. If we can get that everywhere, that would be awesome. (laughs) Love it. I'm skipping my next question because it was about we care. We covered it. Um, all right. So I assume that parents and schools form a crucial relationship, that parents play a major role in a child's success at school. Can you speak a little about this? What are the key things a parent can do to supplement the work you and your staff do at university? Um, yeah, teach their kids to care about others. So teach them to love, teach them to um, communicate and have uh, meaningful conversations without arguing or without going to fists or going to violence. You know, like I know a lot of times we have parents who are like, no, if somebody messes with my kid, I tell them, punch them, punch their lights out. I mean, I really have, you know, people say that. And that just can't be the answer. We've got to come up with other solutions um, or we're just going to live in a very violent world. And so, I mean, my main um, suggestion to parents would be to teach love and kindness. You don't have to get along. You don't have to have the same beliefs. You don't have to like the person, but just be nice. I mean, I know that's so silly. It sounds so trite, but it's it's so important to teach your kids those values of, of just loving and caring others. Um, how do you how do you get how do you get to the parents like how do you get that interface with the parents um well i call them i mean i I call them and talk to them you know we have a lot of um you know situations that arise and so i'll have to talk you know call and talk to the parents but um of course pre-covid we had a lot of activities that we were doing and now we're starting those again like we just had field day and the parents were actually able to come to field day so i walk around and talk to them about things and how things are going and um you know just try to make those connections wherever you see them whenever you can see them um, but we do call them. We have uh, PTA meetings. You know, we, we bring them in for those. And um, and through some of these agencies, they're starting to do some parent meetings about teaching parents how to do some you know certain things um, and dealing with some of these these kids that are you know in such a hard place or have such trauma. Um, a lot of it is the parents need to have education about how to work with their kids that are having trauma. Um, so that's that's already in the works too. Um, but what I was going to say is that parents, what they could do as far as helping schools is, um, <laughs> it's hard to say, but I'm just going to say it, you know, call the teacher if you have a question, 
if your kid comes home and says something, just don't just take it face value. Kids come home and they say all kinds of crazy stuff. And a lot of times what we're dealing with in the fires that I'm putting out is that the kid has come home and they said, this happened. And nine times out of 10, it's, it's, it's just, it's not what happened, you know? And they just say, well, are you calling my child a liar? My child's not a liar. Well, all kids kind of embellish things or kind of can make stories, you know, a little bit more than what they are. And I have had some funny, funny stories of, you know, what kids thought they saw and what actually they saw or what they thought they heard and what they actually heard. And so I would just implore parents to, you know, don't just take what your kid says as face value. Talk to your teachers. Don't just automatically assume your teacher is not there for your child. I mean, the teachers really want to help your child, you know, 99% of the time. They're all trying to help the children. You know, they're not trying to um, do things to harm the children. But there's a there's a wall right now for some reason, a defensiveness about teachers, like that they're trying to, to harm the children for some reason. And all the teachers went into teaching because they love and care about children and want children to succeed. So it doesn't really make sense why there's this constant... Um, feeling of that I don't know if it stems from whatever they had their like in their lifetime of their situation when they were educated it may not have been a good situation or something like that but I know that most teachers are really trying to help the children so if the parents would like to you know kind of talk it out before getting so upset about something that might not even be what happened that would probably be the best advice I could give yeah, it's interesting. I feel like in our generation, you know, I would get in trouble or, or do something wrong, and the reaction was, "Well, why'd you do that?" And, and the 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 it seems to have shifted. You know, and I don't know. I don't. It, it, yeah, who knows? Can't figure that one out because I mean, if my teacher said something that I did, you know, told my parent I did this or did that, I would be in trouble. Right. The teacher wouldn't be in trouble. Right. I would be in trouble. And so that, that has shifted somehow, and that needs to get back straight, you know. And, and I'm not saying believe anything anybody says, you know. I'm just saying, you know, do some investigate, Dig deeper. Ask questions. You know, call your child's principal and ask the right questions. Don't just assume, you know, what am I doing? And in your role, I want to go back to something we talked about a second ago. In your role, how do you, I mean, are you able to talk to parents about how to parent? I mean, I'm, I'm able to, you know, the, the ones that want to, they'll ask me questions, sure, you know, and, and I think it's different for everyone, and I, I definitely don't want to be, you know, judgmental about parenting. We all have, you know, our things that are that are hard, and every kid is different, and every kid um, has, you know, different needs and that kind of thing, but if, if parents ask me, sure, I will say, you know, whatever advice I can give them from from what I know, um, but who knows who's doing it right. <laughs> but I mean, can you tell yeah. parents, um, you know, you need to teach your kid how to care more? Or you I mean, I do. I definitely say like, hey, let's let's work on caring. You know, uh, whatever. Johnny has, you know, shown that he's, you know, being mean to others or something like that. And, I, and I'll say, you know, hey, let's work on that at home. You know, make sure y'all have talks about it. Make sure y'all, you know, put it at the forefront of what you're doing. Hey, who are you going to be nice to today? Who are you going to wake up and say, I'm going to be nice to this kid today? You know, and I'll give them some examples like that and try to, to go that direction with it. I don't try to tell anybody, you know, what to do and how to parent, but um, I'll give all the advice I can. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm down to my I'm down to my final question with you. Um, so you're obviously uh, deeply involved with the future kids of of Shreveport Bossier 
as you look to the future of our community, what makes you optimistic? Um, I'm optimistic because I see these kids every day and how amazing they are and how much potential they have. And I guess my job is to keep them on the right path, you know, the, the good path of, of caring for others and not being um, in that me-centered, you know, way and, and really trying to get them to um, look at what they can do for our city instead of what can our city do for us, you know, that whole thing. And so I just, I just see so much potential. I, I see kids caring about each other all the time, every day. I see kids getting along with each other. I see children who play on the playground really well together in perfect harmony that look completely different from one another and come from completely different backgrounds and places. And I see that every day. So I'm like, if they can do it, you know, we can do it. And if they're doing it now, what I'm hoping is that they'll continue doing it and that they'll remember those things and those moments they had with someone who looked different from them or someone who had a different religious background for them or, you know, whatever. Um, and that, you know, when they are adults, they'll, they'll just still have that foundation that's strong there that, hey, you know, in robotics class, we all got along and we made this robot do this thing and we all looked different and we all came from different places and we were able to do this successfully. So, you know, we can build a city together that it doesn't matter that we all look different and, you know, come from different places. We can make this work. We don't have to fight. There's, there's things we can do to, to collaborate, to be helping this place be better. Love it. Well, thanks for all your wonderful work, Casey, and thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And keep keep keeping on. Uh, We need more people like you. Well, thanks.